You're listening to the Remote Work Productivity and Lifestyle Podcast, the show to hear tips and tricks about staying productive and having an awesome lifestyle as a remote worker. Proudly presented by Remote Compass and worldpodcasts.com. Now let's welcome your host, Alan Kaig. Alrighty, welcome to the Remote Compass Podcast. Today we are with Jimmy Rose, SaaS founder, entrepreneur, and the go-to person for automating your business. Jimmy, thanks for being with us today, and we'll be happy to learn a little bit more about you. Alan, man, it is very cool <laughs> to be here. That was a nice introduction. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I'm like always excited to help people with automation and productivity. I can talk all day about both of those topics. <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with remote as well. Just for context for everyone, I got connected with Jimmy thanks to his business Content Snare. And that's the reason why I it occurred to me that he'll be great to have on this show because Content Snare enables agencies or service providers to collect basically requirements from their clients. Can you tell us a a little bit about the product and Mm -hmm. how it might relate with the remote work angle? Uh, I have some thoughts, so I'll be happy to expand on it a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So like you touched on there, it helps. Originally, it was designed for digital agencies and web designers to gather like content and information from clients, right? So the initial idea was that a web designer, you know, if, if I'm going to build you a website, there's a whole lot of information that I need from you to build the website, like images and your team information, company information. I need to get all this stuff from you before I can start work. And that was the original use case. Like we, we built it so to streamline that process, because normally you end up with like tons and tons of emails going backwards and forwards. So that all like Google docs that end up full of like messy content because clients just write whatever the hell they want in there. And they'll like highlight things and like put instructions. They'll put highlight in red and say, can you please link this word to the other page? You know, like it, it just gets crazy and it's super hard to keep track of. Uh, pretty much every web designer has this problem, right? But what's happened in the last six months is that we've found a lot of different industries basically have similar problems. So um, yeah, so like mortgage and finance companies use, like they have to collect like documents from their clients to give to the banks basically to wow. get them loans, for example. So th- there's like this whole thing around collecting documents and files from clients. So like we've got mortgage brokers signing up and uh, people planning events need to collect information from speakers and sponsors and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, man, it's gotten really crazy. Like real estate, yeah, accounting, like all these different, and anyone that needs information from someone else has basically become (laughs) our audience, which is (laughs) strange times for us because I've I've not really had to market to so many different industries before. Right. That makes a lot of sense. It's all about automating and making systematic your requirements gathering Mm. and somehow enabling the service provider to sort of control the process instead of shooting emails. And then the client will share like a Google Drive Mm, or like a zip file with a million folders. And it's up to you to to dig inside the PNGs. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And then they'll send you something and you have to say, actually, that third thing in the email 
email you sent is wrong. So then there's another email, another two emails because you had to reply and then they have to reply with the correct stuff and things get lost. So yeah, it's, it's all over the place, man. Like it's, it's a process. Email is such a massive productivity killer. And so anything we can do to get people out of their email um, on the day to day, I think is, is going to be positive. Wow. That makes so much sense. Extending towards other industries and I'm kind of, imagining that it's not all about organizing, but also whether it's web design or whatever other service, more collaborations are now inevitably going to happen online. Mm. Isn't that correct? Which is a growth driver for you guys. Yeah, that's right. And actually, because I remember you asked, how does it uh, work with, like, how does it pertain to remote work? And I guess what has changed there is gathering things from your clients used to kind of sometimes it would have an in-person aspect to it like i know some agencies would sit down with their clients and gather information but but now obviously they can't do that so they have to they could send a content snare request for the client to go and fill out everything i mean in a way covid has kind of like forced all this like this stuff to happen but it it's all like good process anyway like ev- everything that's happening yeah. now is kind of like pushing everything <laughs> in the right direction but i guess one thing that has is kind of a good use case for content snare that's different now is that with remote work especially is that like people use it for internal collaboration as well so let's say there's a marketing department that are going Ooh. to put out a newsletter they need information from several departments within the organization and normally they'd kind of just get that all by email or they'd like literally walk over to their desk <laughs> and ask them questions and they can't do that now so you can use contact snare to request information from people within your organization as well that makes a lot of sense. I reckon the uh, formula that kind of qualifies the use of content snare is big enough, maybe teams or organizations who uh, kind of feel external enough, even if they're in the same enterprise, mm. a company is big enough that they're not using the same processes, they don't have the same access to information or comfort level navigating a certain folder or some proprietary tool. And yeah, whether it's quote unquote internal or external, it's about organizing with someone who doesn't know your process, the mm-hmm. data collection, basically yeah, organizing data collection yeah. with someone who doesn't know the step by step. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, even if someone like is familiar with the process of like, you know, sending email and stuff, it still tends to descend into chaos pretty quickly so that's the whole idea is to get it out of email so you know there sometimes there are processes in place like through email Mm. but um it's often a good replacement for that too just because it you know if you're you you don't have to handle all the backwards and forwards like oh that that item's wrong can you send me a new one in content snare you just hit reject and then they get an email automatically to say actually you need to upload like a better version of this or whatever so yeah you're right in that with internal use of content snare it's very much a bigger company kind of thing like generally enterprise or or just larger organizations can benefit from it but with the external thing where like where you're collecting information or data from clients for example um we've got even like freelancers are using content snare because anyone with clients basically like freelancers are in a special position because they 
they're trying to do everything in their business, right? Like accounting and email and the project work and everything. So for them to be able to offload a little bit of that admin work of constantly having to hassle clients to send information and just have content snare chase, you know, send those automatic reminders and then it all gets put into content snare. It saves them admin time so they can actually work on growing their business. Right. Yeah, I think it's best for any type of big enough collaboration where you will share X number of files. So maybe a guideline is if you see yourself sending 10 images or a couple of zip files, you're automatically qualified for content snare whether the collaboration is internal or not. Yeah, it's just basically like, like the qualification is like, is doing this through email a pain in the butt? <laughs> if it's a pain in the butt, then that's like, you know, if you're only, if you can using like a form, like if you only need to collect like a few bits of information from someone, sometimes like a standard form, like gravity form or like survey monkey, you know, that kind of thing can work. But if it's something bigger than that then that's generally where content snare comes in like for people like technically like if technically minded people that understand forms tools content snare basically is like a form like a type form or a survey monkey but just with a lot of smarts but like different stuff around it like allowing people to come back in multiple sittings and fill out different parts as they go as the information comes in and, and it's saved so as soon as they leave they don't lose it like that's a problem with forms tools is as soon as they leave everything's gone right because the uh, a form is a very kind of uh, general tool just like how a spreadsheet is basically mm. you can turn a spreadsheet into anything yeah that's, that's the case for the likes of coda or Airtable. Mm -hmm. and then now we have the next level which is forms and the next level is something like content snare, which is a little more specific. Yeah. And it's meaningfully specific for collaboration because th there are those little features that an all-in-one tool will never cover because yeah. it's so niche. Yeah, that's right. I think, and that is the balancing act of pretty much every tool you do get in your business. You know, there's this balancing between, do I want something that does everything kind of okay? <laughs> or do right. I want to choose the best in class tools? Uh, I've always been really big on best in class, you know, like I, I use an email automation system that's different to my like CRM that's different to our support tool. You know, there's a lot of people that try to combine everything into like one tool or one subscription, but I think that almost universally ends up causing more problems <laughs> than it than it solves mm -hmm. yeah i agree I, I tend to hunt for the best tools and these days i think my stack is super mature and beefed up already that nice. it's hard to find new tools but yeah there's always something new popping up and the market is large enough that early adopters like you and i we are outliers mm. there's still so many people who don't already have a meeting booking uh, app or forms <laughs> <Yep>. app, right? <laughs> the the, the uh, standard kind of uh, Swiss army knife for any digital entrepreneur. And as you said earlier, to, to paraphrase, this COVID situation is basically just accelerating good processes. Yeah. You always needed them to be in place, but meeting up is such a crutch. <laughs> so so, so if you're not so systematic, because you know you can tap on this person's uh, shoulder because you're going to have a meeting or you see them in the office every day or whatever it might be. It's an excuse to not be so responsible. 
right? I agree. So, yeah. so you <laughs> already identify all the questions that you are gonna ask. You don't have templates. You just show up there and yeah, do it freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think you know this is forcing a lot of companies to put in processes that should have been there a long time, especially in like larger companies because they tend to move very slowly. And it's quite funny, right? Because you see, like my um, wife works for like a government organization, and they're generally quite slow moving, and they've got process like uh, remote access to to their office servers and stuff. Like files was actually just not set up properly, and suddenly when everyone had to go from working in the office to working from home in two weeks they were very fast then <laughs> you know and they could have done it they could have done it all along but it took you know this this tragedy to actually get them moving what well, what enabled them to do that was anything unblocked did they invest in some new software or that was really always possible all along i'm sure that i don't know the detail but i know that there were issues with like remote access and that kind of thing uh where it right. just their network wasn't able to handle it so i assume they would had to add something in or create some kind of workarounds that made it work it's just funny that i guess they've never had to do it before because everyone just comes in the office right yeah well whatever it might be it, it was easy enough to implement so quickly yeah if if it was really necessary. That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, can you tell us uh, about your remote work setup? H how might it be different today versus before all these lockdowns? Yeah, so, I mean, it's I'm actually pretty similar to you. We were talking offline uh, earlier about, every, like, you know, how what's changed. And you were saying that it's pretty much the same because except you can't work at uh, cafes and that sort of thing anymore. And I'm pretty much the same, you know, like I, I work at home anyway. I'm way more productive when I work at home. I used to be a member of a co-working space full time, but I changed that back to casual and I go in between one and two days a week typically. And that's kind of like my social time, right? Because if I just sit at home, I go crazy. <laughs> talking to my dog she doesn't talk back so i go a little bit crazy so now i basically can't do that and no going to cafes i used to do some co-working in cafes with friends so that's really it that, and that's really all that's changed work-wise one thing i also used to break up my day by going to the gym in the middle of the day when i when i start fading and, and like i can't concentrate anymore i'd go to the gym to sort of break up my day but obviously can't do that anymore either but you know i can work out at home that's that's pretty much what's changed. Um, did you have to invest in new equipment to, to enable that, working out and everything else? Uh, yeah, I mean, office, in the office, no. Everything is, I've still got all my same gear because I also had the full setup for having like a laptop stand and a Bluetooth keyboard for working in cafes and co-working. So I, I use that setup on my deck sometimes like on my um, front veranda and then I've got my proper computer in the office so like I've got two full setups at home now as for the gym yeah I, I <laughs> I've, I've kind of gone a bit ghetto with it right so I, I got one of those TRX type things they're basically just straps that uh, you can like anchor to like a pole or the roof or a door mm -hmm. and you can do some exercises like body weight exercises with them other than that, I've actually got three 10 liter jugs of water <laughs> because I had those under the house and I use, I've got a backpack that's got that 
a big jug of water in it and some canned food <laughs> and some vinegar, which has basically created a weighted backpack that I can use for putting like extra weight on push-ups and that kind of thing. And then I've got two 10 liter bottles that I can hold in my hands as well. So you can do like a single legged deadlift with a weighted backpack and two 10 liter jugs of water. <laughs> it's very ghetto, but it's working, man. It's, it's just that's, because all the fitness equipment sold out, right? As soon as um, quarantine was announced, everything got sold out. So you have to come up with like funny ways to, to get your workout in. Yeah, you know what? The 80-20 rule is coming out. I'm curious how viable those tools are and they sound like they do the trick. But if the uh, more sophisticated, more expensive equipment were available, well, we might be more interested in them. And now that uh, access is restricted, we're finding in ways and they are actually viable all along from going out mm. to other luxuries, to uh, workout equipment, to, to productivity equipment. So many things can actually work, but uh, given so much freedom, we, we think that we, we need a little more to, to, to be productive. Is that fair? Yeah, I think a lot of stuff is like a lot of purchasing behavior is going to change after this. Like people are going to realize that they don't need as much stuff, you know, like I can get well, yeah, at least 80% of my workout done at home with this equipment. So I am, I wonder how many people out there are not going to take up a gym membership again, because they've realized they can do what they need at home. I, I will be going back yeah. just because I'd like to go to a different place. But it's the same at like, I wonder how many companies are going to let more of their staff work from home now that they know it works. And now that the systems are in place, how many are probably going to be more paperless as well, because they can't hand paper around the office anymore. I think there's a lot of like a lot of behaviors are going to change. Yeah, basically non-essentials are showing up mm. and we're going to get used to it. And this season, interestingly, I feel this is going to be longer than most people anticipate because most estimates tend to be um, optimistic and then it, it just just in our case uh, our lockdowns have been extended for like two or three times at this point everybody wants to hear that hey we're gonna get back to normal asap <laughs> and uh, that, that's more like wishful thinking versus an educated kind of estimate as more and more information emerges yeah and as this extends, folks are going to get used to living with the minimum. And yeah, we'll, we'll find out what's really necessary. We'll cut down on the non-essentials. And that will also transform the way we work. Yeah, Some are, yeah, if, in terms of communications, like, did you really have to ask that question? Did you <laughs> really need it to, to, to get the answer ASAP? Did you really need to call me for that? Right? <laughs> Did you really need to interrupt me? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a big one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's switch gears to this question. I wanted to ask you, what is one thing that you feel strongly about that people don't appreciate well enough? <laughs> You know, it took me a little bit to think about an answer to this question because thankfully I've had time to prepare because I, yeah, I, and I, once I realized I talk about this all the time, I think it is the, one of the most underrated productivity things there is, is having a desktop computer. 
And that's a little bit contentious, I know, because everyone's working on laptops and things these days. But I can tell you the best productivity thing that I own is my, like, it's basically a gaming spec PC, but I do not game on my PC. I have, like, a very fast, modern, up-to-date, like, desktop PC that sits under my desk with a hardwired internet connection into the router. So not wireless. Yeah, and I... Yeah, man. I, I, I paid an electrician to install a um, two points in my house, one next to my computer and one next to the router. So I just like straight out of the router into the wall and then out of the wall into my computer at the other end of the house. I think it cost us like a couple of hundred bucks. It was not much at all. And I've used like, and, and the extra computer might cost you maybe 2000 bucks or something like that's in Australian dollars. So in us, it's like not much, <laughs> but you don't have to spend that much. And I guarantee that it, your productivity will go through the roof. Like when every little thing you're doing on your computer is faster, like every little action you do, especially if you're on the web all day, that things are going to load faster. Cause you know, I know Wi-Fi is meant to be fast, but I guarantee you'll notice a huge difference when it's hardwired. <laughs> like everything is just really quick. And like, I have a high-end laptop as well. And I notice the difference, like just going from one to the other. I, it's night and day. I just sold like a seven-year-old desktop PC. And even it was still running like probably faster. It felt faster than my laptop because of just everything being so like, I guess, faster on using the internet because of the wired internet connection and just like navigating around apps and being able to have more apps open because it's got a lot of RAM and, and that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know, man, I think it's one of the most underrated things. And obviously I feel strongly about it. So that hopefully that answers yeah. your question. <laughs> How is it in terms of ergonomics? Do you, do you prefer a dedicated keyboard versus a laptop keyboard? And then the display size, does that make a difference or is really like 90% about the performance faster, more RAM and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, of course the screen size makes a difference. You can obviously plug screens into a laptop, but I tend to use a Bluetooth keyboard with my laptop. Anyway, I, I use a next stand stand uh, to, to raise the screen up to eye height. And lately I've been using an external monitor for my laptop as well, just sitting out at the front of my house <laughs> just to get, you know, right. mix things up a little bit. And, but I, I've always got a separate mouse and keyboard keyboard on my laptop anyway. But yeah, I think that is very important. If you're not, if you're operating on a, on a laptop with a trackpad, I think that's, that's like, and not only is that not good for productivity, it's bad for your posture and your like shoulders right. and neck and <laughs> everything. Yeah, I think yeah. ergonomically, it's it's much better to have a full setup. You know, the desk, that's where I'm talking from right now. And this setup has two panel lights. So if I'm doing videos, I just flick the lights on. It's got the webcam, the microphones attached to the desk. And it's an electronic up and down sit stand desk. So, you know, right now I'm standing up and after this, I'll put it down and sit down for a bit. I don't know, like I think, and obviously not everyone can have that kind of setup if they are mobile and moving around all the time. But I don't know, man, I think this, this setup is a huge part of my productivity. That makes a lot of sense. And I think one of the sort of unexpected benefits is the idea that you have a sort of legit formal workspace. Mm-hmm. 
a uh, place where when, whenever Jimmy goes there, Jimmy is super productive. And whenever you leave, you basically clock out of work. I think that level of formality is super critical. Now that everyone's confined in a much smaller space, their homes, some have uh, bigger spaces, some have smaller spaces, but everyone, yeah, weren't able to go out anymore for, for a little bit. And no, no matter what the case is, If you are somehow working at home, we need uh, formalized boundaries or else you're always turned on, right? Yeah. When do you turn on and when do you turn off? And you having a literal desktop that you turn on, you turn off, like, yeah, probably you click the CPU, maybe you turn the machine on or off. I'm not sure if you leave it on all, all the time, right? But you probably yeah. turn off the monitor or whatever it might be. It's a formal, it's the substitute for the office, basically. Yeah, yeah. Before that's a really good it used point. to be, right? Before you you used to come in the office and then get out of the office, and that was supposed to be the boundary. But now that's gone. If you take work in your laptop, if you work on your smartphone, what does that mean? You work all the time. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit like that, you know. And I, I sometimes I do use my phone, and and it gets out of hand, and I have to actually break that habit sometimes, where I've got to stop doing work on my phone and and only do it when I'm on the computer. And it definitely does create a kind of boundary because, you know, like I used to have my electric drum kit in the in the workroom with me, and I did not want to play it at all because right. it was like supposed to be leisure time, and I didn't want to go into the workroom. It actually made not want to play it. So yeah, we've just moved that out in the last couple of weeks into another room. And yeah, so I'll let you know how that goes. But yeah, it's it's funny because that, that's why I don't game on the PC as well, because I want to, that's leisure time. Again, I want that to be in my living room on the PlayStation rather than in the workroom. That makes a lot of sense. I'll be considering that. Right now I work on my laptop But I, I try to keep the boundaries as, as separate as possible, minimizing personal time on my laptop. Mm. Like within the day, if I was to take a break, then I'd go on my smartphone, maybe to check social media or whatever it might be. Mm. Uh, I minimize the use of social media and uh, uh, all those other personal things on my laptop just to create that sense of, am I working right now or am I not working right now? Is it time to clock off? Is it time to focus on my personal life and other endeavors? Yeah, um, good idea. Kind of All righty. Thanks for, thanks for that tip. And I wanted to ask you, where can our audience uh, learn more about Jimmy Rose? Best place is probably jimmyrose.me. I've got a lot of random just automation and productivity tips there. We haven't really gone into it a whole lot today. Or, like, I, I have a course that teaches people how to use Zapier, but there's a lot of free stuff there as well. And Like mm -hmm. if you go to that website straight up the top, you'll see, I've, I just actually just finished it in the last couple of days, a, a guide on some of my favorite productivity systems and, and ways you can get back some time in your life and business. All right. Automate and uh, get your time back. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for uh, this conversation, Jimmy. And uh, I invite our audience to hop on to jimmybros.me and visit contentsnare.com. Perfect, Alan. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Remote Work Productivity and Lifestyle Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe in your favourite podcast app so you don't miss any of our upcoming or prior episodes. This show is presented by Remote Compass and worldpodcasts.com.